Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hey, everybody, it's Jeff here once again with the Freedom Nation podcast, and I have a treat for you today. Uh, a friend of mine that I met just recently, uh, Alec Brunkman, and you know, so Alec uh, is out of Canada, but he's not originally from there, so I'll let him tell you where he's from, but uh, we're going to have a nice discussion today about going from the corporate world to uh, the world that you really kind of want to build. So Alex, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Excited to be here. Glad to uh, glad to have you on the show. Uh, really looking forward to our discussion again. We, I, I was laughing when we talked the last time. I was like, man, we should have just had the camera on because we had such a good conversation. So we'll have to replicate that. Um, so first <laughs> off, why don't you tell us your story? How did you uh, how did you get to where you are today? I, I think I have a, a fairly um, unique story in many ways and a fairly ordinary story in many other ways. So I think I grew up in a very, let's say, rural area um, in the middle of Germany, close to the former inner German border. So nothing super exciting um, on that end. But um, when I when I started my career, um, my first career, actually, it was something that, that was very dear to my heart. I actually started out as a, as a radio journalist. Um, so music was everything I ever loved. And um, I, I figured, mm, well, radio might be a way to make a career out of that. And um, semi-professional DJ during those years and, and really excited to be in that space. Mm -hmm. um, I, I figured at some point in that process that um, I need to pivot, um, not because I wanted to, but actually because... Um, the media industry went under heavy pressure in the early 2000s, um, especially the privately financed media sector, mm -hmm. struggled in the aftermath of 9-11 with um, yeah, lowered media and marketing budgets. So um, I found myself unemployed all of a sudden mm -hmm. and realized that I really didn't see that coming. So I asked myself why I didn't see that coming and realized, well, dude, you actually don't understand anything about economics and business. <laughs> So what do you do about that, right? So you better study it. And I was like, yeah, but that's hard. Anyway, so I got I'm back to I'm a radio guy, man. I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I went to university, studied full-time. So by, by that time, I was 28. And I had my degree at the age of 30. And started kind of my second career, which was then in business, um, again, with a media organization, one of the uh, 10 biggest in the world, and um, this time, not on the content creator side, but on the management side. Mm. And I really learned a ton in those first years. I worked a lot with um, external consulting companies, management consulting companies, and kind of realized that all this, all this work around, let's say, structures and processes is interesting. But what I'm really super passionate about is how do we create workplaces and business strategy that is people-centered so that you build something that is more than just about the money. And some years down the road, I, um, well, 
I realized that there might be even a business in that. So um, I switched from the corporate lane to the consulting lane and then fairly quickly into um, running um, a small business um, that grew over time that I um, ran together with a friend of mine. And um, that, that was kind of the past nine years of my life. <laughs> and then this I switched. was all still in Germany, right? Yeah, exactly. And then I switched um, lanes completely when I set out to build a new business, moved to Canada with my girlfriend, because there's always a girl. And um, yeah, that's what, that's what led us to, uh, to Canada, to the West Coast, to Vancouver, where we've been living for more than two years now. And um, business is growing, still small, but that's, that's what it is in the beginning. Kind of an exciting journey, um, and I'm, I'm very happy where I am right now. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about, you know, the services that you provide and your typical client that you work with. The typical client that I work with is a small, a relatively small business, let's say somewhere in the seven figures. Um, but it's not necessarily defined by the revenue that they make. So the type of businesses that I work with is extremely diverse. So they come to me when they realize um, we have great ideas. We made it until, until where we are right now, but we kind of need some new energy, some optimism, someone that helps us break through the glass ceiling. Mm -hmm. And that's when you typically hire someone like me, someone who has a strong business background that has um, a decade, more than a decade in, in strategy work under his belt. So it doesn't have to be me. It's that type of, of services that we provide that we help Business owners that very often don't necessarily have a business background make the next leap in their business. So in the furthest sense of the word, you could call me a strategy consultant or a business consultant. But what I, what I actually do is I, I give people hope and optimism and then help them fall back in love with their business so they, that they can build um, what they want to see in their lives, not necessarily only from a profit perspective, but apparently also from um, Leading, living a fulfilled life perspective. Nice. So how, how are some of the, the techniques or what are some of the techniques that you use to do that? Well, obviously, when you talk about business strategy, someone that uh, people that come immediately to mind are uh, Kaplan and Norton, their famous book on strategy maps, which had a tremendous impact on many business consultants and many mm -hmm. businesses in the world. So strategy maps are obviously something extremely valuable when it comes to visualizing how what you want to achieve actually works. So what, what is it that you need to do in order to make it work? So strategy maps are a hugely um, significant tool in that context. And obviously there are more than just that tool. It's just one that is extremely well known. Um, and then what I often do with my clients is helping them visualize where they want to be in the future. So let's say you run a business um, that makes, I don't know, 2 million in turnover and you were like, well, man, these, these eight figures, they would be awesome to reach. And this is a ton of work to get there. We're talking like five times your business right now. So you really need to be clear on where to invest your resources and your money, your time. And that is often said very easily, but very difficult to achieve. So I help them through um, certain processes to, to define what it is they want to build and how to actually get there. Nice. So I know, you know, from our conversation, you continue to work with a little bit larger businesses, but you also have, have uh, kind of taken some of your processes and done that with a little bit smaller businesses now too, with your, with your new business. 
Exactly. So most of the work that I've been doing over the past, I don't know, 15 years was for really large corporations. But mm -hmm. the thing is, what makes them successful is actually applicable to small businesses as well. It mm -hmm. just is, it doesn't take that long. You can be very fast and some things you really don't need. So I would say at the core of the business that I run right now is take big business strategy tools and make them applicable to small businesses in a way that doesn't break the bank yeah. and, and that doesn't take half the year. So you, you can do that if you know how. Um, you, you can move very fast applying the same processes and tools that the big businesses use. And mm -hmm. Let's be frank. The big businesses have figured out a lot of things, but they haven't figured out everything. So yeah. it's, it's a misconception to think that those big players have everything figured out when it comes to strategy. They don't. They also work with consultants. They work with facilitators. Because um, sometimes it's just an outside perspective or a probing question that you need to ask in order to kickstart the process. And there is no reason why small businesses shouldn't use these tools. Mm. It, they just may take a little bit more convincing, I'm saying. Kind of sometimes, but when they <laughs> see what's possible with it, they always run with it. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's just, you know, we're those that run small businesses, we tend to be a little bit more... Uh, frugal, I guess, or, or, uh, or a little bit more skeptical on some of this stuff. So. Which is good because yeah. it means you don't run with everything someone holds up. So you don't fall for the shiny objects necessarily. Well, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Yeah. But the moment you realize that, um, especially when it comes to, um, to business strategy, there is so much out there and so many good things. It's sometimes hard to find your way through it, especially when you've never done it before. Mm. So when, you, when you've built a business, it's fairly easy to hit the million and two million mark. Um, I don't say it's, it isn't hard work, but I yeah. say it's doable. It's way more doable than hitting five or 10 million or even more. So once you've, once you've hit that milestone to reach seven figures, it's really time to understand that what you got you to that point will not necessarily get you to that next growth goal. And then it's time to, to ask yourself, what can I learn from some of the really big players? What, which tools do they use that I can also use that aren't um, super um, elaborate or expensive or difficult or complex? Um, and most of them aren't. Most of these tools aren't, especially when you take out or take away all the, the fancy talk, when you use normal people words, um, it's all of a sudden very understandable what, what these tools actually are. And that, that's what I do. Um, when I speak about strategy, I, I really don't use all these fancy consulting terms. Yeah. I talk to you as if you've never heard about it. And if you're like, yeah, Alex, I know all that. Let's, let's fast forward. We can do that, but I just don't assume anything. Well, that, yeah, and I think that's more important because even in the big business world, you, you know, some, I, I remember working with consultants where, you know, you would come in and you, you literally talk to them and, and you realize, okay, I don't even know what you're talking about. You're talking about like the dumbest person in the room just because you're using words that yeah. don't resonate with me. And that yeah, shouldn't that be I, the case. Yeah, that I don't understand. Okay, just yeah. talk to me like a human exactly. and uh, we'll go from there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's new in your business now? Well, um, there's like two books in the making. So the first nice. book will, will come out in, in September, most likely September, October this year. It's an anthology. So a multi-author book that I uh, am currently compiling with uh, 10 other authors. So there will be 11 chapters in the book all around entrepreneurship, self-leadership and creating culture. A book that was inspired by an event that I ran in February this year that was all about building successful businesses and, and shaping a life 
worth living for you as a business owner or an entrepreneur. And I took some of the best ideas and created a book that goes beyond what we talked about in the event. So it's a deep dive into um, topics like conflict resolution. What is your own role? How do you lead your own life in terms of managing conflict? And this is super important for many of us as entrepreneurs and business owners. But we also talk about um, the, like digital disruption, about the future of work, about um, topics that are truly entrepreneurial, like pricing. How do you price your products? What's important in times of inflation as we're currently going through? So all these topics are um, shedding light on, on, let's say, on the life and work of an entrepreneur from different perspectives. Awesome. And the second book that will come out next year in 2023 um, describes um, something that I call the nine elements of organizational identity. It's, it's, a, it's a concept, a framework, and a process that I created over the past years um, that helps businesses um, build something that is really, really solid and as bulletproof as it can be. Because let's be frank, the next crisis is just around the corner and the better we prep, the better it is. And that process helps you prepare for that. That's, it seems like they just come faster and faster nowadays. One thing under control, something else pops out of the blue. Sure. All right. Well, thank you for all that information. Um, you ready for the fast five questions now? Give it to me. All right. So here we go. <laughs> Question number one. You wake up in the morning, business is gone. You have 500 bucks in your pocket, place to live, laptop, computer. What are you going to do first? We're going to sit in the garden and write another book. <laughs> Just because I enjoyed that process so much. The first time I did it, that the second time I, I thought like I'm never going to write a book again, but then um, it's just something that is so fulfilling and it's, um, it's just flow. It's, it's really awesome to work on co-creating a book with others, but also writing your own book. Um, and it is something that doesn't require money. So you sit down and write. I like it. That is awesome. Well, and it's, it is fun. Yeah. It's sometimes it's just, it's like being able to all these jumble of things in your head that you just want to get out and get it on paper. So that is fantastic. Okay. What is the biggest business mistake that you've ever made? I think I fall victim to, or fell victim to something that many small business owners fall victim to. Okay. It's about not being a thousand percent clear on your niche. And what I mean is way more than who is your ideal client. It's really about the entire messaging, everything that you put out there. How do you take people on a journey and where does it start and where, what's the next step? And I wasn't hundred percent clear on that when I built my business here in Canada, um, but I've been doing the necessary work and uh, we're getting there. So if you're not clear on your niche, you, you're going to waste a ton of money and time um, before you realize that something is wrong and when you start digging, it most likely comes down to not being clear on your niche. That's awesome. Okay. What is a good book that you recommend for our audience? There are three books that, I'm, that I would recommend right now. Um, one of them is actually fairly new. It's Better Simpler Strategy by um, Felix Oberholzer Guy. Okay. Um, Harvard Strategy. He's the head of the Harvard Business School Strategy Unit. It's a, a wonderful book describing the value stick and um, how you can use this actually really simple tool to make very good informed decisions about how do you run your business? What is it that you actually sell? How do you sell it? Mm -hmm. um, the second book I would like to recommend is Adam Grant's Think Again. 
it's just, I mean, Adam Grant is just amazing how he writes the stories he tells and how he takes um, his research into the real world. Um, I love the book because it really helped me to think again. Um, we just talked about your niche, right? Yeah. And that really helped me to rethink some of the assumptions in my own business. Nice. And then there is a book um, that I that feels weird to recommend to an English-speaking audience because it has a German title. <laughs> if, I, if I translate it, it's about the man who left his home to find spring. Okay. And it's a book by Clara Maria Bagus, a beautiful book about um, the ease of life. It is a book that um, it's not a long read, but it really helped me to just to, to, to let go of things and to understand that um, there are more important things in life than business. And it's from time to time, it's really interesting to remind yourself that there is something out there that can catch your passion that doesn't necessarily have to do with what you do for a living. Man, value add here. Not just one, but three. And I'm guessing there's probably an English translation of her book somewhere. So we'll, we'll find like it on it. Amazon for people. Or, or either that or it's time to start learning German so you can read the book. Well, what is a good tool that you use in your business every day that you might recommend to others? Well, there is the apparent one. I guess it might have been um, recommended by some of your guests before, but I'm going to give Calendly a huge shout out here. <laughs> I couldn't live without it. It is, it is so much more than just um, a, a, an appointment tool. When, when you realize that how much back and forth and back and forth and can you do that day, can you do that hour just disappeared by sending someone the link and be like, pick the time and day that works for you. It just made my life so much easier. You know, it's funny because I, I held off for so long. I had a Calendly account forever, but I never used it because I had my executive assistant. And I thought personally that, it was more efficient. It was more people would 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 appreciate the fact that I had an assistant and she would make sure that we got things booked. But the problem was, you know, when Cindy would book somebody or, or try to book somebody, she would block all these times in my calendar. So I'd have all these hold, 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 hold for weeks on my calendar. And then it was people going, well, I can't find any time in your calendar because you've got all these things in there. And it is. It has made my life so much easier. And this was, I guess, a a, a pandemic something that came out of this when we weren't <laughs> in the same room together like we used to. Uh, I started using Calendly or, or another version of such, and I, I can't believe how easy it's made it. Where you know, I, I have a conversation with somebody, or I meet him at a, a networking event, and you know, quickly pop it into my my uh, Keep tool. And poof, you know, send them off thing. Hey, let's do a one-on-one with you next week. Pick a time. Boom, done. And yeah, it's, it, it is, it, it is a lifesaver. And it's, I've taken what used to tie up my assistant for, you know, hours a day to letting her focus on her stuff. And I could focus, you know, then somebody else can do it. And the computer can do it just as well as we can. Plus all the follow-up stuff that it does afterwards. <laughs> um. What's a good way that people can get a hold of you if they if you've got some or if they've got questions for you or want to want to engage you? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Do a lot of podcast interviews these days, and I really enjoy when people reach out afterwards, even if they have just a clarification question. Nice. So it's not really about reaching out to me necessarily in order to to book me for work or anything. 
I really just enjoy hearing from people what they enjoyed, what was valuable for them. So yeah. please do so. The best way is um, through my website. There is a contact form, but you can also just um, go on my Instagram um, or LinkedIn and send me a message there. I guess um, the easiest way is to go to my website, alexthestrategist.com. You find links to Instagram and LinkedIn on the bottom of the page. And as I said, you, there's also a direct contact form. Um, feel free to ask me anything around business, around life, or around weird German books. I love it. I love it. Obscure, obscure German books for $500, please. <laughs> well, yes. Alex, thank you so much, my friend. It, it was as enjoyable the second time as it was the first time getting to know you. Um, really, uh, I, I just love your story and, and you know, the reason to be where you're at has, uh, has the, uh, your, your better half there, she's still okay with, um, with Canada or, or she's, she like in Germany again. She totally is. I mean, she was born here after all. She's the reason why we're here. So yeah. we're really enjoying our time together here. Nice. All right. I love it. Well, um, enjoy yourself, my friend. Enjoy the uh, hopefully getting better weather. I'm sure you're in rainy season right now. So it's, oh, we are. We've been for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what it is. Why it's so green there. It is. It is. Jeff, thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. All right, my friend. Have a wonderful day and we'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.